It's Saturday, December the 4th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, America reacts to Omicron and a surprise resignation in Austria. First, the week in brief. The World Health Organization warned that all countries should prepare for surges of COVID-19 cases connected to the Omicron variant. Dutch officials said that 14 cases identified in the last week were in vaccinated people. President Joe Biden stopped short of imposing lockdowns as the new variant emerged across America, opting for greater jab uptake, boosters and testing to curb the spread of COVID-19 in winter. The Omicron variant has now been identified in more than 35 countries. Austria's ruling People's Party picked the current interior minister, Karl Nehammer, to succeed Sebastian Kurz as its leader and therefore the new chancellor. Mr Kurz announced his withdrawal from politics altogether on Thursday. The incumbent chancellor, Alexander Schallenberg, also quit. Mr Nehammer is a former soldier and a hardliner on immigration, Mr Kurtz's signature policy. Brazil's Supreme Court ordered an investigation into comments made by Jair Bolsonaro, the country's president, linking COVID-19 vaccines to AIDS. In a live broadcast on October 24th, Mr Bolsonaro, who remains unvaccinated, has said that fully vaccinated people quote, were developing AIDS much faster than anticipated. He is already facing a separate inquiry into his response to the pandemic. Indirect talks between America and Iran to salvage the 2015 nuclear deal were suspended on Friday. European diplomats, acting as intermediaries in the negotiations, said Iran's new hardline government eroded the diplomatic progress made in recent months, while ramping up its nuclear programme. Officials said delegations will return home to consult with governments. The talks may continue next week. Hiring slowed in America as the economy added only 210,000 jobs in November, well below analysts' expectations of 550,000. The unemployment rate, however, fell to 4.2% from 4.6% in October as nearly 600,000 people joined the workforce. President Joe Biden said that America was, quote, back to work. Russia said it had a date for a video summit between its leader, Vladimir Putin, and America's, Joe Biden. The two countries are at loggerheads over Russia's military build-up on the border with Ukraine. Russia denies that it is planning an attack, but warned that the deployment of NATO troops would cross a, quote, red line. It simply cannot go on like this, said Yuri Ushakov, Mr Putin's foreign policy adviser. The parents of Ethan Crumbly, a 15-year-old accused of fatally shooting four students at a school in Michigan on Tuesday, were charged with involuntary manslaughter. They were on the run on Friday. Prosecutors allege that the suspect's father bought the gun and that both parents failed to heed warnings from school officials about their son's troubling behaviour before the rampage. 
Ethan Crumbly has pleaded not guilty to murder and terrorism charges. Word of the week. Zabaline, an Egyptian Arabic word meaning garbage people used for rubbish collectors. And editor's note. Whether you're a loyal fan or a new listener, we want to hear from you. We're launching a listener survey so you can tell us what you think about our podcasts and so we can find out what you would like to hear more of. To take part, visit economist.com slash briefing survey. That's economist.com slash briefing survey. The link to the survey is in the description. And now, here's today's agenda. Non-fungible tokens are the new Picassos. Art fairs are, as Ben LaRocco, a painter, wrote, quote, the place to observe the transformation of art into commodity. At the Miami Beach edition of Art Basel, which ends its three-day run on Saturday, art lovers have been schmoozing, people watching, and of course, buying. After last year's event was called off, this year over 250 galleries from 36 countries are exhibiting. They are glad to be back. Before the pandemic, dealers made 43% of their sales at such gatherings. That share fell to 13% last year amid cancellations and travel curbs. Non-fungible tokens Electronic records on the blockchain that represent a unique piece of digital media are the buzz this year. Crypto art is often ugly, but can be lucrative. A piece by Beeple, an artist, sold for $69 million US dollars at Christie's, an auction house, in March. Now more artists are cashing in. Pricey digital art, meant for screens, not walls, is here to stay. Sport embraces crypto. On Christmas Day, the Staples Center in Los Angeles, the home of the Lakers, a basketball team, will get a new moniker. Crypto.com Arena, named after a Singapore-based cryptocurrency exchange that reportedly paid 700 million US dollars for the rights for 20 years. Such deals between crypto firms and sports teams are becoming more common. Not all are straightforward sponsorships. Teams are partnering with blockchain startups to sell, quote, fan tokens, which are traded on crypto exchanges. Among the adopters are Manchester City, an English football club, and the New England Patriots, an American football team. Ownership lets fans vote over certain club decisions, such as the music played after a goal. For clubs, whose finances were battered by the pandemic, new revenue streams are welcome. But some supporters' associations worry that tokens are a crass way to monetize fan engagement and that, since their value fluctuates, unsuspecting fans could suffer losses to their wallet if not on the pitch. A Tale of Torture by the CIA Alex Gibney an acclaimed documentarian, returns to certain themes in his work. One is powerful people and institutions, such as America's Catholic clergy or the Church of Scientology. 
Another is human rights abuses. In Taxi to the Dark Side, for which he won an Academy Award in 2008, he portrayed the life and death of Dilawar, an Afghan taxi driver killed by American soldiers while in extrajudicial detention. His new documentary, released on HBO on Monday, tells a related story. The Forever Prisoner recounts the experience of Abu Zubaydah, whom the Central Intelligence Agency, CIA, mistakenly accused of belonging to al-Qaeda. In 2002, he was captured and subjected to, quote, enhanced interrogation techniques, i.e. torture, by CIA officers. His ordeal is far from over. Mr. Zubaydah remains in detention in Guantanamo Bay without charge. Just to gain information about his case, Mr. Gibney and his producer had to sue the intelligence agency. Making diamonds more durable Diamonds are not forever. They can be chipped or even smashed for their atomic structure, though it makes them hard, also makes them brittle. Strike them at the right angle along a, quote, cleavage plane, as a gem cutter would, and they will break. Since scientists began synthesizing diamonds, they have been trying to make them more durable by disordering their atoms to remove these planes. Researchers writing in Nature say they have done just that. The recipe for making diamonds is simple. Take carbon and apply extreme heat and pressure. The researchers took, quote, buckyballs, molecules in which carbon atoms are arranged in a sphere, and collapsed them. The result was a, quote, paracrystalline diamond with a partially ordered atomic structure. That makes it as hard as ordinary diamond, but tougher and more heat resistant. This will interest makers of industrial drills and saws. However, paracrystalline diamond is unsuitable for bling. Its irregular structure means it cannot be cut into shape. Saturday Profile R.J. Scarringe, Millennial Carmaker Robert R.J. Scarringe spent his childhood in Florida under the hoods of classic cars. Later, he earned a PhD in automotive mechanical engineering at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. When he told his professors he was going to start his own car company, they did not expect him to actually do it. Mr. Scaringe's passion for cars was tempered by his guilt about carbon emissions from the internal combustion engine. So, he turned to electric vehicles, EVs. In 2009, age 26, he launched what would later become Rivian, a portmanteau of river and Indian after a lagoon in Florida, funded through mortgages on family homes. It was an inauspicious time to start a car business. That year, Chrysler and GM, two Detroit heavyweights, went bankrupt. At first, the startup had, quote, no money, no team, no technology, no suppliers, no brand, and no production infrastructure, says Mr. Scarringe. Within a few years, he ditched his initial focus on sports cars and turned instead towards pickup trucks and sports utility vehicles. 
For nearly a decade, Mr. Scarringe ran his company in, quote, stealth mode, concealing prototypes and shunning signage on its factories. That gave him time to line up capital and manufacturing capacity before Rivian revealed its first two models at the Los Angeles Auto Show in 2018. A big order of electric delivery vans from e-commerce giant Amazon shortly followed. After a hugely successful listing last month, driven by investor demand for all things electric, Rivian is worth more than Ford and GM, America's biggest car makers. Plenty of skeptics think it overvalued. The firm had delivered just 156 pickup trucks by the end of October. But Mr. Scarringe, a father of three, who says that the company motto is about their, quote, kids, 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 now has a billion-dollar fortune, as well as green technology, to pass on to his future generations. Mr. Scarringe's maxim, quote, under-promise and over-deliver, was a sensible strategy for a car company that had sold no cars. But now, expectations for Rivian and its founder are enormous. Over 50,000 customers have put down deposits for Rivian's EVs. Scaling up production will be Mr. Scarringe's biggest challenge yet. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Thomas Hobbes, who died on this day in 1679. The doctrine of right and wrong is perpetually disputed both by pen and the sword, whereas the doctrine of lines and figures is not so. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.